Now, the church is completely hopeless now in this situation. There is no consciousness among anybody in the hierarchy. Right. And the first place this has to start is to talk about the Jewish question. Yes. This is the thing that is crippling the Catholic Church right now because the church cannot identify the enemy. It's uh, my great honor to have the uh, great Dr. E. Michael Jones joining us and my good friend Richard Cucho. And we're going to talk about something that's very serious, uh, the, uh, the Russian and uh, Ukraine war. Uh, it is a war. It's not just an action. And, uh, but the main thing is, as all three of us are, are uh, faithful Catholics, we're going to discuss it in terms of the framing of Fatima. Uh, uh, Dr. Jones, are you? Aware, I'm sure you're aware of Fatima, obviously. Right, right. I've been there. Yes, and uh, I would like to hear your take on that. Do you see a connection between what's going on in Russia and Fatima? Uh, yes, uh, but not probably not what you're expecting. That's fine. That's uh, why you're here. <laughs> in the the last, uh, I, I I I believe it was the 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 last apparition. October 1917, Blessed Mother said to her children, warned that there was uh, wars on the horizon uh, and they could be averted if they prayed. But then she said that Russia will spread her errors. This one sentence has led uh, to what I would call Fatima fundamentalism. Uh, Fatima fundamentalism uh, means basically that there is something wrong with Russia. We're talking about Russia and that was not the case here. I, it's it's confusing a little bit because uh, the Blessed Mother could not have said uh, the Soviet Union will spread her errors because the Soviet Union didn't exist until one month after the apparition. And even if it did exist, it's probably pretty clear the three Portuguese peasant children wouldn't have understood what she said and probably couldn't even, even have transmitted what she said to someone else to have them write it down. Well, if I, if I may... I may inter interject. So we're not talking about a, uh, a fundamentalism on Fatima, okay? I understand where you're going with this, and I was, I was, uh, but but let me let me finish. The errors of Russia, I've, as I've understood them, was not about Russia, the people of Russia, Russians, czars, etc. But the materialist, uh, the Jewish materialism that was coming out of Russia, and is that the errors? Right. They, that is not Russia. Okay. Right. What you, what you had here was a Jewish coup d'etat. It, right. it was known as Bolshevism. It was a Jewish messianic political movement, right. revolutionary movement, uh, that had basically taken over Russia and subjugated Russia. Exactly. So the, the, the example, the best example of explaining that is what happened one month after November 1917. This is only one month after the revolution. Lenin created the extraordinary committee for to combat uh, uh, counter-revolution and terrorism. It's in Russia the abbreviation became the Cheka. This was a ter uh, a police uh, a police operation uh, that basically uh, would terrorize the Russian people for 
uh, decades uh, and afterwards. The name changed. It eventually became the KGB. But for decades later, uh, this what this is Sal Barone. He's a Jewish historian uh, writing about the Soviet Union. He said uh, Russians would not sign up to work for the Cheikh because they didn't want to torture other Russians. It was basically a Jewish operation. It was Jews and Latvians, basically, who had no qualms about torturing Russians. This is the uh, uh, what I'm trying to say here. The, the errors are the errors of communism. They are right. the errors of the Soviet Union. Agreed. This 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 Richard, ended. Richard, do you agree with that? Is that better? Oh That's yeah. Better. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so basically what... Okay, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. What my, what my take on this is that um, a lot of these errors that are attributed to Russia really came into Russia from the outside world. In fact, there's so much um, that we know about where a lot of money was pumped in from the outside. You know, the old saying is uh, they came into New York... Trotsky came into New York with a few dollars in his uh, pocket and went back to Russia with uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So there was a lot that came in into Russia from the outside. The Soviet Union was the essential result. We saw what happened with all the atrocities that people like Stalin committed. But these atrocities were really a result of what was uh, infused into Russia and then came out of Russia. So I think that the uh, Blessed Mother is talking about uh, essentially the Soviet Union, as Dr. John says, and, and what it did during those years. And so we've seen that all of that ended in 1989. 19 when? When did you say? 89. 1989. 1989. Okay. All right. With the fall of the uh, Berlin Wall. Right. Okay. Okay. So uh, to connect that to, uh, would you say, uh, Doctor Joe, that uh, Russia today, the one that is in this uh, this uh, very uh, very dangerous war, uh, is that it's not the same Russia of the Soviet Union, obviously. And, no. Uh, and the the thing is, do you feel like like hung, Hungary? Do you feel that Russia is doing turning a leaf towards the good? Yes, I think first of all, I think that the consecration uh, of Fatima took place in 1984 when John <laughs> Paul II did it. I'm trying to give uh, the the background here. Okay, all right. So so basically, Russia did convert, and it is now a Christian country. Right. Unlike the United States. Right. So so dur during the 1950s, Fatima seemed to make sense because Russia and the Soviet Union were basically the same thing. Now they're not. The right. Soviet Union has fallen. Richard is right. It ended either 89 with the fall of the Berlin Wall or 91 when Yeltsin took power. So it's over. And now Russia is a Christian country. And that no longer that paradigm no longer applies. Well, I've, I, we, Richard and I discussed this in our last uh, uh, Telegram discussion on uh, chastisement of Russia. We have, a, we have a group, and this is where we're going to post this. Anyway, we discussed that uh, the full conversion to Catholicism hasn't happened, but in order for that to take place, you have to lay a foundation. You have to have infrastructure. You have to have churches reopening. You have to have people 
getting more of a Christian spirit in their heart and willingness to accept the church, so to speak. And uh, so uh, full conversion is, is probably not something I would say it has happened, but the initial groundbreaking for conversion. Is that fair? You, you, could, you could say that if this consecration had happened in 1928, let's say, right. there would have been different consequences. Right. There would have been different consequences. If, if, the, if the, uh, the United States, for example, in 1991 had not set out to loot Russia and, <laughs> right, right. And, and basically expand NATO all the way up to the border of Russia, which brings us to the Ukraine, right. there might have been a different outcome here. But all of these things are conditioned on the movement of history and the, the, of human sin. And God's ability to make, uh, take, bring good out of evil in spite of the sin. That doesn't erase the sin, but it just changes the outcome. Richard, do you have anything to add input? Uh, essentially, uh, well, I sort of differ to some extent with some people in relation to when the consecration took place. I probably will go back and refer to the Christ the 12th in 1952, July 12th, I think it was. There was a consecration that he did, and he essentially uh, consecrated Russian people, and he named Russia. So, you know, some people say that that could be a consecration, but I do accept that Russia has at least converted to a um, to a sort of what they would uh, label a conversion of peace, and this means that it's ready to at some point come under the auspices of papal power. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to um, offend any of uh, my Orthodox friends, and I'm sure a lot of them don't like us papists too much, but um, I think that's the end, that's going to be the end result of, as Dr. Jones says, the historical movements that we're seeing. And um, I, I, I don't know where this will lead, but you know, as I said before, the Roman Empire was very uh, vast and it had the western side, it had the eastern side. There's a couple of things happening right now which are, well, I mean, I won't say exciting, but uh, they give us hope. There's things happening with Turkey, there's things happening in the Middle East. Right Hungary? Oh, well, yes, absolutely, in uh, Eastern Europe, which might see things change quite rapidly in the next few years. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to have a, an all-out war. I think that we will do at some point, and that will lead to some changes. I'm, I'm sure Dr. Jones will have a different uh, view on that. But I think that uh, things will change, and this um, conversion of Russia, most people will say to me, most what you would call Fatima fundamentalists will say to me that there's no conversion of Russia until they change into the current, you know, uh, convert to the current Catholic Church. There's uh, a few problems that I can see with Vatican. That's why it's not really attractive to many Russians at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see what will happen in the next uh, Dr. Jones, do you think that, um, do you think that Russia at our assertion at our group is that Russia will be used as a tool of chastisement for the world? Yes. 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 Uh, I, for, first of all, to get back to the uh, 
conversion. The the flaw of Orthodox churches is their ethnocentrism. Yes, I agree and, with that. And and uh, so I was in St. Petersburg and saw the Church of the Spilt Blood, which is where the Tsar was assassinated. And if you go around the church, there are plaques all around it commemorating the conquest of Kazakhstan, the conquest of Uzbekistan. So this is a national church. Uh, they need the help of the Catholic Church, but they conflate the Catholic Church with the West, which is preposterous now, okay? But they do do that. And so the actions of the West have actually stalled any type of rapprochement that the, might have occurred between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. Well, the Orthodox themselves, sorry to interject, the Orthodox themselves in Ukraine are killing each other. You have the, the Ukrainian uh, Orthodox Church, the Ukrainian Catholic Church, which I'm a, I go to, and then the uh, uh, Russian Orthodox, they're, they're, they're killing each other. They're, they're attacking each other's priests in, in the church, burning their churches down. Right. So if you're a poor, if you're a pawn or, or closely allied with the state, you're going to have this problem of ethnocentrism. And that's precisely why the Catholic Church is a, a better model than this. But be, the, the actions of the United States states have simply made it impossible. It's right. impossible for this type of uh, gradual convergence that I think God wants uh, to happen now. It's impossible right now. Do you believe there's actually a United States anymore? It seems to me it's become this globalist monster that just assumes, like NATO, it just assumes it should run the world. And I think this is what Russia or, or Putin specifically pushes we back against. We have to understand that we're talking about the American empire. Right. Yeah, that's and, what and, I the, yeah. and, and not the American Republic. And yeah. the interests of the American empire are directly opposed and antagonistic to the interests of the American people. It's that simple. The Amen. American people are used, being used as basically human shields to advance uh, the American empire. And that is precisely the position of the Ukrainian people right now. Right. The Ukrainian people are being used by NATO and its Jewish controllers like Zelensky uh, to use the Ukrainian people as human shields to attack Russia on NATO's behalf. Right. We will we will free Ukraine at, at the very last Ukrainian person. I saw this early on when they were like putting out videos, extolling, handing guns out to young girls of 14 and 15 yeah. and, and grandmoms and babas. And it's like, are you kidding me? Where's your army? If you don't have an army, then I suggest you surrender immediately. If you really cared about your people, which they don't, obviously, the, no. Ukra the Ukrainian puppet, pedo puppet regime, I would call it has no interest in the actual Ukrainian people. And I run up against this with my Ukrainian priests and many of my Ukrainian Catholic friends here who are all, you know, all Ukrained up thinking that, you know, you can't support the Russian propaganda. You can't report, you know, you have to be for Ukraine. But right. what it means to be for Ukraine is to be for the uh, uh, Obama-Hillary uh, empire that created it in 2014. Right. 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 This is not in the interest of the Ukrainian people. The situation is exactly analogous to what happened in Russia in 1917. <laughs> yes. You had a, a Jewish coup d'etat in both countries. And once the Jewish coup d'etat is in power, they use their own people as cannon fodder and human shields to advance an alien agenda, whether it's Bolshevism in 1917 or Americanism in uh, 2022. Richard? 
Well, I, I couldn't uh, disagree with that. Essentially, what you would have here is that in Ukraine, for example, you have the rock, the Russian Orthodox Church branch now at odds with the Russian Orthodox Church proper in Moscow, which basically means that uh, there is a nationalist church at play here, which has got nothing to do with the saving of souls. It has to do more with the um, with the politics of the way that the religion is run in both Ukraine and, as a matter of fact, in Russia. But Russia is closer, if you like, to um, the truth because they can see through the tricks of the trade that the globalists are using. And by globalists, I really mean the Americanist, the Americanist deep state. And, of course, uh, essentially what Putin's doing is fighting them. Just the other day, um, 15th of May, you may have seen this video on this Telegram channel. Bishop uh, Richard Williamson was in Poland and he was um, essentially admonishing the Polish people that, uh, to the effect that um, Putin wasn't really their enemy. I mean, he was saying that, yes, uh, you've been at war with Russia for a long time, you've had all this uh, difference with Russia, but now you have to be very careful not to be tempted by the devil to uh, essentially start a war that you will regret, because Russia is not really now your enemy. And I just hope that a lot of the people in Poland and people in Ukraine could just open their eyes and see this. And of course, a lot of the Russians and a lot of the people in the Orthodox Church uh, do, yes, equate the Roman Catholic Church with the West, with NATO, with Americanism, and really in its essential features, the Roman Catholic Church is no such thing. But they could only see it to get past some of the Americanism that we've seen in some of the bishops and cardinals. They would get to that truth, and that's the hope. They're hoping that we get there. Yes. Dr. Jones, so Poland... Here they are again, stuck in the middle. <laughs> right. This poor country. It's deja vu all over again. It's deja vu all over again. So now, now instead of the British telling the Poles, we'll hold your coat while you beat up Germany, <laughs> it's the Americans telling the Ukrainians, we'll hold your coat while you beat up Russia. Right. Uh, I, I gave a, I gave a speech when my, when I did my trans, when, I did the book tour for my translation of Libido Dominandi uh, in Poland. Uh, I said, uh, I gave one talk on Russophobia. And this was before any of this happened. This is about 10 years ago. And I said, you really have to get over this Russophobia. And they were polite and they listened to me. That was in Turun. So I ended up in Krakow. And I'm having uh, lunch with a, one of the po Polish members of the European Parliament. And I said two words. I said, Vladimir Putin. And he, <laughs> he, he stopped. Triggered, triggered. Okay, so the fork stopped before it goes <laughs> to his mouth. And then he puts it down, and then he sits there. And then I said, Vladimir Putin again, and he got up and walked out and left his lunch on the table. This is the type of mentality I'm saying. And, and I saw the video by Bishop Williamson. I didn't know it was in Poland, but I agreed with what, what this man said. This is the problem. I got all these crazy Polacks screaming at me <laughs> on the internet saying that I'm a Nazi because uh, I'm trying, I'm telling him, calm down, calm down. Don't rush into this thing. You may regret you it. You said the word. And I had, I was going to ask you about this since you said the word. It's a good lead in. So 
there's this weird thing going on. So they're called Nazis, but they're a Jewish front group in Ukraine. Right? Yes. Yes. This is one of the paradoxes. Also, the whole this is shows you the whole Holocaust narrative is completely unraveling now. So at this point, yeah, you're talking about the Azov Brigade. Yes. These these are people who idolized Stefan Bandera, who was a, a Ukrainian terrorist who was so bad the SS threw him in jail. He was <laughs> he was killing so many people at that point that the SS even had to raid him in. And now these people are following this. These are the people that were weaponized by Victoria Nuland uh, at the time of the 2014 coup. You can see, or the videos are there to watch how violent these people were. This was a violent insurrection. And now they are the people that are uh, uh, the spearhead of the uh, attack on Russia. They've been absorbed into the Ukrainian armed forces. This is a mistake. These are irregular. This is irregular warfare. These are what you would call guerrillas. They should not be in any army. They're going to lead to all sorts of revenge on the part of the Russians that uh, the Ukrainian people are going to suffer from. Let's talk about let's talk about that. So think of the irony or the complete hypocrisy of the Hollywood elites, the media elites, all these people supporting Ukraine. They got the Ukraine flags on their, you know, uh, uh, on their social media. They're going crazy. They're supporting outright, outright terrorists, but they're not really Nazis. With all due respect, there's some people who still have a fondness. I'm not going to say anything further, mm -hmm. but a certain fondness for the Natsocks. And they're like, well, they're not, they're not, even they're rejecting these people, but they, they, what is the, what is going on that I knew right away that this was wrong because of the people who were supporting the Ukrainians, uh, the government of Ukraine and the people now standing up and applause, applauding, uh, the president of Ukraine, this Hollywood type. Would you like to speak to that? The Jewish Hollywood angle on this? Well, better better than Hollywood. First of all, Hollywood's turning this guy into the next Winston Churchill. Yeah, right. This is like, this is like Winston Churchill 2.0. Okay, right. but more important than that is the ADL. The ADL actually came out with a statement about the Azov Brigade saying, well, there are good Nazis and bad Nazis. <laughs> and the Azov Brigade, they're good Nazis because they're working for the Jews. Uh, Richard? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, there's no difference uh, between those guys and uh, the way that the deep state use the uh, terrorists in Syria, ISIS, Daesh, right? right. Them. They're essentially the same thing. They're just a tool that they use. And if you remember ISIS as well, or the some of the terrorists there were used by Hollywood in relation to the propaganda that was. Um, which was everywhere about Syrian regime, about Assad has to go down, all that sort of, all that sort of thing. So this is the same sort of tactic. It's the same notebook. They use that all the time in order to, to do regime changes or achieve some strategic um, goals. And uh, we've seen this before. Now, thank goodness, uh, a lot of these um, Azov battalion um, uh, groups have been to a large extent, uh, destroyed, especially in places like Mariupol, in the Azov-style uh, sort of uh, hangout that they've had there, they've been neutralized. And so uh, their uh, 
influence has already been, to a large extent, controlled by this Russian special operation, if you like, by this war. And so uh, um, I think, uh, but despite all the propaganda that we've seen about the war being lost by Russia, we're now seeing... <laughs> right, that cracks me up. People, uh, people like the Vapor, Washington Post, I think, it was yesterday in the editorial, saying that the um, Ukrainians are losing this war very badly. So we don't know what their message is to the deep state. Are they saying we're going to have to send these uh, very, uh, uh, you know, much more significant weapons, including missiles, to Ukraine or what the game is now? But uh, I can just tell you that these people in the Azov Battalion have essentially been neutralized already. And so uh, Russia has been successful, as it was in Syria as well, in this case. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, do you feel that um, um, they, uh, the United States and NATO will have to step up this war into an actual global conflict, conflagration? <clears throat> Excuse me. They will have to. No, they don't have to do anything. They're, they're, the free will exists on their part because they are the aggressor and they initiated this war. So the question is, are we going to have a peaceful settlement? Are we going to have a negotiated settlement? Because do we want, uh, sorry to interrupt, this is a good point. This is something Richard and I are like torn on. Do we want a peace with NATO? Do we want this or do we want, I'll, I'll use like my construction worker language. Do we want Russia to bust things up? No, I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that. I'm not Lenin. I don't think things should get worse before they get better. I think that that what you what we need to do, and I think Henry Kissinger has come up with the same thing. Of all people, I'm agreeing with Henry Kissinger. Uh, yeah, wait. But, but this basically, is first. <laughs> you're, we're going to have to agree to the partition of of the Ukraine. It was never a country to begin with. It's like Bosnia. That's not a country. Uh, it, it's it was an artificial construct that began in 1991 because of the actions of the United States tearing apart Russia. And so we're going to have to recognize the fact that eastern Ukraine is basically the Russian speaking people and they want to be part of Russia. We have to accept that fact. The other part of Ukraine is going to have to be neutral. Or uh, maybe there's going to be, uh, to placate the Poles, let them take over the Western part, because that's what they want to do. Well, I, I would just say to the Ukrainians, be careful uh, before you let the Poles into the Western part of your country. Uh, read the story uh, in the Iliad about, Iliad about the Trojan horse before that. Well, uh, to get back to the Fatima angle, though, remember, we're trying to talk about you know, the broader picture that Richard and I are actually talking about is the absolute deep evil that is going on in this whole world. We have children being uh, having their genitals cut off legally and parents being arrested for trying to stop them. We have homosexuals run rampant globally. We have, you know, usury like never before. We have a complete theft state that just steals from the American people and all peoples. And this global elites at the World Economic Forum telling us how we're going to live. We have the COVID thing that just got past us and hoping, hopefully the monkeypox thing won't get traction. Michael, we are saying not that we want to wreck anything like Lenin. We want to wreck things like uh, bring down the walls of Jericho on this thing. I am sick to death 
of the global deep state. I don't want detente or re reproche more or whatever the French word is. I'm sorry. Reproche. I say it. Somebody help me. Rapprochement. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Dumb American. Uh, I don't want any of that with this deep state. I want it broken. All right. I want a peaceful end to the American empire. I yes. do not want nuclear war. No, nobody wants okay? it. If, but if, if, if NATO presses, keeps pressing, they will get nuclear war. And I don't think anybody wants that. I want a peaceful solution here in the Ukraine. I want an end to the expansion of NATO. I want to recognize uh, that NATO is not going to go any farther, that we're recognizing Russia's sphere of influence, and that the, we need adults in the room, like <laughs> Henry Kissinger, to, to bring oh, that, uh, make that a, a, a fact. Is that where we are, where Henry Kissinger is our go-to guy? Look, the man, the, the, we have no more adults in the room, okay? <laughs> Richard, Richard Nixon was an adult in the room. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, he understood the dynamics of American foreign policy, and he understood if you play China against Russia, the world will be, uh, your empire will be in better shape. Is it Putin is an adult? Putin's an adult Putin in the room. Is, he's not in our room, though. He's in another uh, room. Right, right. It's true. Well, who, are you saying so Henry Kissinger is the only voice of reason? Is that where we are? I think so. I think so. Oh, my gosh. I think we have to go back to some realistic foreign policy of the sort that Richard Nixon proposed. This is be now you, you probably know this, but Richard Nixon would talk about Jews all the time in yeah, all his tapes. Yes. Okay, he understood that you have to keep a group like this under control. Uh, if you don't, they take over, and that's precisely what happened to our foreign policy over the course of these past fifty years. They took over George Bush. They took over. Uh, at, uh, uh, when George Bush, George W. Bush was uh, elected and we had the Iraq war as a result. Once they get control of your foreign policy, pe people like uh, Donald Trump were elected because of that. And he ran, ran on an American first policy and he gave us an Israel first policy and immediately things got bad again. It's same thing has happened. Newland, you have to take control of the root of the problem. You got to get rid of this alien group that only represents the interests of Israel and Jews. And you have to uh, put in a group of adults who will represent the American people. Richard? Well, yes, I do agree. Uh, there's a couple of things there. Um, I've got a good friend who says that the whole concept of modernity in the Western world especially is just one big policy of reification. And that was quite uh, apparent uh, um, when you were looking at the talk by uh, Soros as opposed to what Kissinger was saying. Kissinger was the adult in the room and he was very logical. This is so and Soros awesome. was saying, well, you know, what's going to happen if uh, we don't fight Russia? We're going to lose our civilization. In other words, if we escalate the war, uh, it'll be better because otherwise we will lose our civilization. That didn't make sense. And it, it basically goes with the whole emotional outburst that we've seen from the Western side of things in relation to what's been going on in Ukraine. They're just all emotional about it. There's no logic in it. And so you have these two sides of the coin. You have the Kissinger side and then you have the Soros side, which is going to win. I'm not really optimistic because you can see that Finland and uh, Sweden are trying very hard to get into NATO and uh, Russia said that it's a red line for it. 
we've seen yesterday uh, the American Empire saying that it's going to send long-range missiles into Ukraine. That, that's been apparently um, confirmed by the Wall Street Journal now. And so Lavrov has said that that is the red line that the Russian team was all over it, saying that that's something that if America does, we will, we will respond to it. Because those weapons, if they come into Ukraine, the western side of Ukraine, they will reach um, land uh, very easily. So I, I'm not as... The Cuban Missile Crisis for them. Yeah, I'm not as optimistic. And even if we... I mean, the problem with for Russia is that even if it takes half of Ukraine, landlocks Ukraine, takes all the waterways in the Black Sea, it still has a problem because one of the first things that uh, uh, Putin was saying last year before this thing started was that they want NATO to go back to their 1997 borders. That was when uh, Clinton... Bill Clinton started the whole ball rolling with NATO moving forward and forward, taking the politics and everything else. So I don't know. I don't know if the Russians are going to be satisfied. Russia might have other plans. I think, as um, I've always said, this is only this was only in stage one. There was going to be a stage two at some point. And with all these, with all this pressure on Russia at the moment, um, in terms of um, uh, all these sanctions. I think Russia will have no choice but to take other measures because the Europeans, they're just children. They don't want to listen to reason anymore. They're just following their, um, you know, um, their, their master and the criminal's path to, um, to hell, essentially. And so I'm not as optimistic. Dr. Jones, do you see a, a China-Russia alliance, a very strong and absolute one coming? Yes. It's already there. It's already there. Is that a good thing? Uh, it depends on who you're talking about. <laughs> it, it may, it may, look, the whole fun, the basic fundamental policy of the British Empire and the American Empire that succeeded it was to divide the Eurasian landmass. It's called the McKinder thesis. Uh, as soon as Germany decides to make peace with uh, Russia, uh, England has to declare war. Well, the United States foreign policy had driven these these countries together. They have united the Eurasian landmass against the uh, the uh, oceanic powers. Uh, this is called the cunning of reason. Okay, this is you're right. I mean, I, I agree with Richard. There's a danger. There's a short term danger here that uh, some crazy guy is going to car drive the car off the cliff before anybody can get his hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> But the long term, the long term process is the unite, unification of the Eurasian landmass and the United States being faced with more modest, uh, uh, goal, uh, more modest understanding of itself, which I think would be a good thing. The American Republic. A, hum a humbling of us. We need to be humbled. Yes, but can you get that guy's hands off the steering wheel <laughs> before the car goes over the cliff? <laughs> Well, listen, uh, for, for Richard, it's like midnight in Australia. And so I promised him that we would, I, I could talk to you for another uh, hour or so, Dr. Jones. I really appreciate you coming and talking to me. And I, I hope that next time I invite you that you'd be willing to come and talk. We can talk about things. Sure. And um, I'm going like, to let Richard off the hook because you've been up almost all night, right, old man? <laughs> Yeah, I've been having uh, quite a few heavy days, and tomorrow I've got um, got to go to mass, and it's uh, it's quite a bit of a way, and I need to get up 
at about five thirty. Well, Taking one for the team, Rich. Good, to, take, good to see you, uh, Richard. Thank you. Peace. See you. Peace. Uh, Peace. See you. Okay. Um, all right, yeah, Doctor. Uh, there's, there's, there's just one, one thing I'd like to say to bring yeah, this sum back up. to the original. Yes. The sum summary up. is basically the worst thing in many ways that happened to the Catholic Church was the anti-communist crusade of the 1950s. Ironic. That was, that was ironic. based based on Fatima. That was based on Fatima, and it made perfect sense when there was an anti-communist crusade. But the problem was that the church left its guard down. They didn't understand in the way that Cardinal Ottaviani did that the United States was every bit as much a threat to Catholic interest as the Soviet Union. Yes. That, that was the gist of his preliminary documents, which were the foundation for what was supposed to be Vatican II. Everything changed, but I mean, that was the original intention and that was the problem. And, and we live in a completely different world right now. And we have to see that as a historical moment that came and went. Well, let me bring you, let me bring you back to your Catholic uh, spiritualism, your, your soul, if I will, Dr. Jones. Again, so you saw me get very animated about the evils in our world today. And they can't, they can't be pleasing to our Blessed Virgin Mary, and they can't be pleasing to our Lord, what's going on in the United States. Uh, this is, I'm stuck in this weird position where, yes, I want them to break it up, and I know you're right. An adult thought would be like, no, we do not want what's coming, uh, the punishments and the chastisement. But on the other hand, let me, let me make a, meta a very weak metaphor, but a metaphor. Let's say you're in a family. Right. And, you, and you're one of four ch sons and one of the sons is constantly pissing off the parents and we all get punished because of it. Don't you wish once in a while that son will finally get it and get it good? Yeah. So what are you going to do? Take him out and shoot him. No, that's not <laughs> no the I don't way know about works. shoot him. But... No, that's that's not the way it works. You try and work for his conversion. You know, that's that's right. part of the problem here. I think that uh, uh, just as the Turks in the 16th century were the scourge of God right. because of a divided Christendom right. because of the Reformation. I think the Russians are the scourge of God. Amen. And they are the punishment for the sins of the West. And now we, we need to repent. We need to repent. And uh, uh, I'm saying going back to a balanced foreign policy would be a sign of repentance, which is absolutely necessary now. Yes. Well, the, the thing is, though, um, the, do you, the, level, the level of pride and arrogance in the American empire, I think, requires the level of <laughs> some kind of nuclear exchange. No, Forgive no, no, me. no. No, I'm sorry. I, okay. I, 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 I don't see that. Go ahead. I think we need to do everything. I hope that there are still people there who realize this would be complete folly. No, we don't need that. That is not. That is I didn't not say need. I didn't say need. My my emotional reaction is that's what I want. But you're right. I didn't say I needed it. But I'm thinking how much pride this country has, the United States. How much pride we have. It, the level. Look again. I'm, I'm a hu I'm a human shield. <laughs> I, I I I I feel very ambivalent. You know, I want this thing to stop. Right. We have to get rid of these crazy people with their hands on the steering wheel. I don't want the car to go over the cliff. How, how do we do it, though, uh, Dr. Jones? 
first of all, by doing what we're doing right now, explaining the situation. Logos. As the, yeah, logos as the antidote to propaganda. We see nothing but propaganda on the mainstream media, and that's defeating itself. And so the same that I've I've said this in my discussions in Ireland, we have to repent. The Irish have to go back to the Catholic Church. We have to have some type of spiritual awakening because of what happened. Now, what happened? The, the whole sexual revolution of the 60s, I've written about that a lot. Okay. In many ways, we were victims of that. We were the guinea pigs. I'm talking about baby boomers who didn't know anything about what was going on. Now that we know it, we have to act on it. We have to have the courage to say this was, we were victims, but it was wrong. This regime has to change. We need regime change in the United States. And we want a peaceful transition to a much more modest American republic. Well, there's a, there's a saying, you know, they want ice water in hell too, Dr. Jones. But I mean, what we want as good Catholics, we know what we want. The question is, how do we practically get to it when they are so entrenched? They literally steal elections now in this country. There's no, there's no way we can actually, as the lay people, as the common folk of the republic, what the hell can we do? We pray, our, our, we pray. Our, I say my rosary, right? You know, our I hope, trust. Our hope is in the Lord. Yes. Okay. And that's why I said to the Irish, you're in such a bad situation. You have to turn to the Lord at this point. But from a practical point of view, this, this is what, look, remember the, uh, the battle of, uh, Lepanto? Lepanto. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is all people, the rosary people say, yeah, the Pope was praying the rosary, but there were also people fighting on those ships too. Yes. Right. And that, that's, a, we have to have this combination of the ability to act and pray, work and pray. That's the combination that we have to have. And we have to have basically a spiritual critique of what's happening now. Now, the church is completely hopeless now in this situation. There is no consciousness among anybody in the hierarchy. Right. And the first place this has to start is to talk about the Jewish question. Yes. This is the thing that is crippling the Catholic church right now because the church cannot identify the enemy. Now, there's a moment of opportunity right now, because now with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, you have all of these Jews Hold coming on. out. Hold on, it's not overturned. They just sent out a letter thinking about it. I understand. Okay. okay, so with-, with We hope. Hoping, we're hoping. It looks okay. as if it's going to happen. The Jews are freaking out at this point, and they are saying- Abortion is a Jewish virtue. Yes, it's a that. fundamental <laughs> Jewish value. This is a moment of opportunity for us in terms of the abortion thing. It's going to go back to the states if it's overturned. And at this point, we have to say, who gave the Jews the right to impose their religion on the but rest of us? Dr. Jones, you pointed out we have no leadership. I don't believe there's a political solution to this. It's God or violence, so, so to speak. Well, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. It is God or violence. There's no, there are no half measures anymore. Right. We have to, we have to have, I'm saying the, the way of conversion is not as it, it proceeds by reasonable steps. I mean, the fundamental law of the universe is logos. Right. And God is not going to go back on logos. Right. And logos means a rational foreign policy. 
<laughs> okay, that that's the step. But you in need the rational, right don't you? You need rational players, Doctor James. That's absolutely right. We need rational players, and they're going to have to step forward. So, an example of a rational player, I would say, would be Ron DeSantis and what is in Florida, and is what happened there. The pushback against Disney is the type yes. of thing I'm talking about. Yes, I agree. Now, Ron DeSantis is not perfect. Okay, no, he, right. he passed a law making it a crime to criticize Israel. Right. Okay, we have to deal with the Jewish question. We cannot move forward, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the state. We have to deal with the Jewish question now. Do you see do you see Trump 2024 being any help? No. I don't either. <laughs> I, Trump Trump is a Trump is a busted flush. Yes. Trump, Trump showed his hand. We know what he believes. Sheldon Adelson's dead. And, okay, we're not going to repeat this thing. There's no point in going back and groveling in front of IPAC. I Trump, the, the big, the great hope I have for Trump is that he learned a lesson with the way Benjamin Netanyahu treated him and Sheldon Adelson. Now, I'm talking primarily about the whole Jonathan Pollard affair. Okay. Trump grovels, licking the boots of the Jewish lobby. He releases Jonathan Pollard. Who shows up with his airplane? Sheldon Adelson's airplane shows up, picks up Jonathan Pollard, flies him to Israel, and who's waiting on the tarmac? Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, this is an outrageous affront to America. And Donald Trump simply cannot get by this. And to his credit, he's a complete narcissist who yes. hates anybody who offends him. And so <laughs> yeah, I think, right, right. That's, I just, think that's, a, that's something we can play to. This, yeah. is, this is what this is what you would call virtue in Donald Trump. <laughs> it's the closest approximation he has to virtue. He, he never he's always grudges. And let's hope uh, he remembers what Benjamin Netanyahu did to him. Do you think do you think um, we're better off with strong governors like DeSantis? That's that, inevitable. That is the movement. Yeah, but let me let me finish my point. I worry that he will run for president. I don't want him running for president. I think he does more for the American who? people. Who? DeSantis. I think he does more for the American people in Florida than he could ever do as a president of the United States. Look, the movement of Logos in human history right now is away from Washington and yeah. to the states. Right. That's that's the message of Roe versus Wade. That is the end of that part of the American empire. The problem is we have an emergency situation right. and we need someone who can come into Washington and get that guy's hands off, get the Jewish <laughs> hands off the steering wheel. I don't think it's possible. I think we're we're already uh, we're already Bill Murray with the uh, with the groundhog. It's too late. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't mean to be black pilled, but maybe you're making me actually feel very hopeful, Doctor Dude. Well, you're I, making me feel depressed. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to. I'm after we sign off. I'm going to go jump off a bridge. Oh no, no, stop! Over. Thanks. <laughs> stop. Okay, well, I think we'll end it on that comedic note because honestly, I do have hope. I have. I am a Catholic, and one thing that entails all Catholicism is hope. We absolutely have the purest of hopes. Yes, Doctor Jones, do you agree? Yes, our hope is in the Lord. Okay, well, give me one final. Uh, Recap on Russia, Fatima, and uh, Ukraine, and we'll call it a, a day. Russia good, NATO bad. <laughs>